Hello, this is Perianne Grignan from Media Plus Advisors, and today I'm joined by my two partners, Carly Feinstein and Susan George. And we've reached number five in our keys to maintaining strong and successful partnerships. And today is about how do you make sure it works and how it is sustained by monitoring and governing these ways of working and how you put your success metrics in place on an ongoing basis. Um, I think I'm tossing it to Susan. Are you going to give the intro? Sure, sure. So, so thanks for you've kind of given a heads up on what we're going to cover, but we are wrapping up our five keys to maintaining strong and successful partnerships today. Um, just to recap, we've been doing a deep dive into each of the five, what they are. Um, we started really with number one, communicate and align on expectations. Two, scope the agreement and staff teams on both sides to match the expectations and business goals. Three, establishing mutual trust and transparency. Four, measure success on those shared goals. And what we're really going to get into today in a deep dive is number five, monitor and govern expectations, ways of working, and these success, success measures on an ongoing basis. And as we've been saying with each of the five, this is something that can really be implemented at any time. Um, if a relationship is not working or needs some help, you know, don't wait for the end of the year. You can really check in on this relationship on, at any point um, during the year. But that does lead me really to the first question, Perry Ann, which I'll throw to you. You know, it, it does sound obvious that for um, a partnership to be successful, you really want to take frequent temperature checks on an ongoing basis. But we know between the three of us, we know hundreds of folks in the marketing and agency world. And, you know, if we were to pull them, we would say they would probably tell us that at most they're doing it quarterly, but most likely it's on an annual basis. Why do you think this is? Well, of course, people don't like to get in a room and like, you know, try to put the problem on the table. Um, and I think the other thing that we might hear too, Susan, is that people get in a room and try to solve something when they've got an explosive major issue. And that's not good either. Um, you know, I kind of like biannual or quarterly, and I think it really does depend on the uh, pace of the business that you're in and how quickly you've got churn um, and how quickly you have a lot of change. Constant checking in. I don't like to be nagged. Nobody does, right? It just feels like constant checking in doesn't give a problem enough oxygen to solve itself. But I do have a couple of key points. I think the first is, is that these sessions should be formalized a little. Like there should be an agenda. It shouldn't just be, oh, you know, I just crashed the car. You know, let's find out how you can be a better driver. That's not it. It is about meeting when things are going well too. I think the next thing is top leaders. Top leaders need to get out of the way. They're leaders. They're not the people who are in the midst of running the business. And so you'd have to say, well, what is the role of leadership on, you know, agency and client in these situations? I think it's like being a champion, you know, making sure that the teams have, you know, the assets that they need, the resources, the tools, the talent, um, you know, and, you know, of course, if something comes that needs to be rescoped, that becomes what leadership does. But I think it's really the people who run the business on a day-to-day -day basis, um, you know, that have to get in a room, do it, and own it. And if they own it, they're going to feel better about, like, the changes um, that they want to put in place. 
So Carly, you know, kind of turning to you, do you have any suggestions given all the clients that you've worked with and coming from the agency side too, um, you know, how can these teams increase their effort towards better relationship management? Well, I definitely agree with what you said just a minute ago about it. Formal being formal is important, but formalizing relationship management doesn't have to be difficult and complex. You could be formalized and simplified at the same time. So by not, yes, like having having a schedule set, having how you're going to measure and govern, so a plan, some methodology, that's important because like you said, being being reactive, it's 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 not going to help. However, I would also say that another really easy way, an informal easy way to stay on track is to communicate immediately when there is a problem. And if real time isn't possible, same day is second best. So meaning if there's, you know, there are problems that can be that are just clearly identified because they're a business issue or a, a transactional issue those are going to naturally become uh, resolved because it's going to, they're fires that need to be put out. What I'm talking about with the real time or same day are more of communication, assumptions, those kinds of things that, wait, I'm not sure, we just had a great call, but I'm not sure about the next steps. Or that was a, a great call, but I didn't like what so-and-so said because it's not on brand or it's not the way we work. Those kinds of things should not be ignored because when they're ignored, they lead to festering and they lead to more dividing and that's how, that's how communication problems just snowball. So we've said it on so many times in all five of our keys, of partnership that communication is important that you know don't if you have an issue don't wait until your formalized opportunity to do it address it then just as you would if it were your children or your husband or a friend that you don't that it just didn't feel right uh, or you don't feel that you're on the same page course correct that in the same day and you know you know, so like I, I really want to reiterate that that festering or swept under the rug is what everybody naturally does. Don't do that. Um, and you know, we we've joked about this before, but not we're so serious. It's not a joke. Weekly status meetings. Every partnership has them. Use them better. Use those to discuss hot topics, the fires the decisions that need to be made that week. Stop using them to cover everything. Have I, you know, how many times do you see one of those weekly status agendas and it's like everything you possibly do in a year and what you need to do for mm -hmm. next year. You know, if you need to do a strategy session or brainstorm or solve a complex problem, schedule a dedicated meeting for that. Don't try to get that done on one of these status meetings or oh, hey, we just called for to check in on one topic. Let's turn this into a strategy session. That's, that's not good. But giving feedback or discussing options to achieve set goals, that can be quick and easy. We're the ones who make them difficult. So 
and and the 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 last thing I'm going to end on this on this answer is these are small changes that we're suggesting and they're kind of common sense kinds of things, but they feel foreign to some people, but they're actually easy. So when it's like anything else, the more you do it, the easier and second nature it'll become. Yeah, it's interesting you were saying that and talking about status meetings and using them better. We talked a we probably talked on multiple podcasts about this project because it was so um, crazy to us how bad this particular relationship got. But remember, recall, we were working with a client and, um, you know, they had a communication issue, but they had regular status meetings, but they would get on the phone for those regular status meetings and talk about everything that was on fire. Mm -hmm. Well, okay, structure your status meetings. So let's spend the first 15 minutes talking about everything everyone needs to know about today and this mm -hmm. week. Mm -hmm. And then let's get into the projects that have implications for next week, the next month, the next, you know, three months, things like that. It's one of those things, like, if you're going to use that time talking about all your fires, structure your status meeting. So that's, that's the first part of it. And everyone can get that out. Right. Or you might then have to create two meetings where you have a, a fire meeting and a status meeting. But mm -hmm. what I see too many times and hear from my friends on both client and agency side is, okay, you talk about the fire, you talk about, and then, and then you start talking about, you know, two years from now, a big new yeah. thing. No, hold that for a strategy session about the, or a future, you know, talking about the future that does not need to be talked about during a status meeting. Yeah. So let's talk about ways of working for a bit. Why is this such an important part of the partnership dynamic? Susan, why don't you take this one? Sure. So, you know, we've we've talked before that um, clients and agencies have different goals within their jobs and different things that they're trying to achieve. They work for different companies with different structures and different timing and Understanding what those ways of working are um, is key to making sure that the relationship is successful. So clients have different fiscal years. They have different businesses. They have different times that they're releasing money, that they're finding out information and need to make changes. Some, some parts of the agency business are very set in stone. There are deadlines that agencies need to, to meet to make changes to your activity that you've already purchased. Get out of your options. Go to order things like that, without both client and agency having an understanding of what those ways of working are and things like those timing deadlines and how, what the important parts of each, each needs to, to get their job done, then they're never going to be able to have a successful partnership. And sometimes it just does just take a step back, take taking a step back to say, okay, client X, we're having a problem where you're coming to us three weeks every quarter after options are due and we're scrambling to try to move, get out of, do this and that with your activity. How can we put some processes in place to um, try to make it better? Or the client is going to say, agency, you're always telling us we have this deadline when we need to do things by, but then suddenly you can always magically make things happen. Like what's the real debt? What do we really need to know to make this decision and how can we get that done? It, it'll just make the partnership work more smoothly if everybody has an idea of, of what's a what's a real um, a deadline or date or process or thing they need to know to keep things functioning and and what are what where is their flexibility um, where they can kind of work and compromise with each other 
to make sure that they're the client and agency are working well together and achieving both of the goals that each are trying to do. That's why it's so important to have that understanding. I actually want to add something to what you're saying, because what you just said reminded me of a client that you and I worked on, which is that um, all those things that could go wrong that you just described affect staffing. Mm -hmm. And the team on the agency side may not be staffed properly if they don't understand the client's ways of working. So this client that I have in mind that I want to share the example, um, they had a lot of brands and they were very in tune with what their competition was doing. So they made a lot of changes based on com uh, com competitive activity and they were making changes, you know, as things were airing, like that's how the changes just kept happening. And the agency was not staffed properly to do all these changes. They were, they were um, uh, starting to get a bad reputation with vendors because of it. And finally, someone at the client heard them and said, let's make a change. Let's figure this out. And the way that they got the the their organization so the client was the steward of this how the client got the organization to change was by saying agency i want you to count up all those changes and i want you to show my team the number of changes it will blow their mind and it did and it finally got them to say okay we have a pencils down time period because okay, we understand our business needs to run this way. We need to have flexibility, but not at, not at the, at jeopardizing the agency having, you know, teams being burnt out, relationships getting damaged. We have to figure out. And, how and to also your work. pricing, right? And pricing, they, they exactly. get into your client pricing, yeah. the amount of changes you're going to make. Eventually that catches up on that end as well. For sure. Or in this case, I remember they were getting, they weren't getting as um, good quality mm -hmm. because they kept cutting it. And then the vendor was like, I already gave that away. You can't have it back now. I gave it away. Okay. So that is really, it's, I, I think that is such an important point. Again, we always like to, as we've been having all these conversations, yes, it's about relationships and it's qualitative stuff, but it all can come back to that quantitative. It can affect, it can affect your your staffing and compensation and your agency model. It can, uh, uh, it can affect your, your pricing. Um, so, so that is very interesting. Yeah. So Perianne, you know, we were talking about temperature checks and ways of working, but talking a little bit about success metrics to measure the shared goals tied to business outcomes. You know, in our experience, we worked with marketers to audit the media that the agency bought and stored But, you know, we want to really change the way we're thinking about that and really tie that to business outcomes as best we can. So how can marketers get started with that? Well, I think, you know, just dovetailing off what you guys were just talking about, you know, if, you know, this is what I did. I, I, I hired a green belt. I hired a, you know, a, when I was on the client side, you know, a Six Sigma green belt to start to count stuff because nobody really knows what too much means. It's, it's, a, it, they're words. And to some people, it could mean, well, I have too much change that I'm trying to absorb into my system. That could mean two a day, but it could mean 16 a day. And until you really know how big something is, 
um, you know, you're not going to be able to attack it properly. I think that the way that we think and the process that we use at Media Plus Advisors is that four-step assessment, mapping, setting priorities, and governance. And of course, that would be in the assessment phase, what you guys were just talking about. How big is the problem? Where does it infiltrate? What does it impact on, both maybe negatively and positively? And so starting up out with assessment would be key. But the big overreaching point that we're making is to break things into these pieces. Don't try to solve stuff because what human nature tends to do is, is go to the end. I worked for somebody a long, long time ago. And in terms of marketing strategy, he used to say, you know, we got to use something called POST, P-O-S-T, Positioning Objective Strategies Tactics. But what people tend to do is that they use stop. Strategies, tactics, objectives, positioning. So the idea of starting with assessment really helps you start with the bigger picture. Um, I'm kind of like going to channel Carly here who always talks about, you know, some people are visual learners, and that is to create a visual map for people. You know, team members think about things differently. They're not going to all think about it, you know, in an Excel chart or whatever. Um, when I think about pulling together business objectives, business KPIs, and media KPIs, I think about it as, you know, a bridge that's being built on two sides of a river, and of course, it has to meet in the middle. Susan, you talked about compromise before. You know, you're gonna, there's gonna be a lot of give and take there. And I think what leaders can do is ask themselves one question constantly. And that is, how is media, how is my marketing budget solving this business goal? If you don't know, then you can't measure it. And if you don't know, quite frankly, you shouldn't be there until you do. Because, you know, governing the processes where, you know, we end up, you know, is really about you taking ownership of it. You own it. Take care of it. And, you know, start with that assessment phase, map things out for people, set your priorities properly, and then put in a governance plan. So, you know, that's that's the way we think about it. I think we've been well trained and in it and we've seen, you know, the success in it. Yeah, it's funny. You mentioned um, you hired a green belt back. Oh, this is probably 18 years now, which pains me to say ago. Um, you know, we had this issue on one of the accounts I was on at the agency side where things were just such uh Things were changing. They were evolving. We were implementing new systems. We were throwing more bodies at problems. And finally, um, someone took a step back, sent a few of us to Six Sigma training, which is what a green belt is, which is the driest training, um, you know, being locked in a conference room for a week with some of my coworkers and a bunch of other random people in the middle of Illinois. Um, however, it was the best process to go through because it really mapping out all of those issues you, you know, you would get in a room and start talking about a problem and suddenly you were over here on this and it, oh, wait, wait, come back here. Okay. Like, like, let's map this out, branch this out. And then you can really start to get to what the issue is. It, it was so um, invaluable to the entire team. And once the team kind of really figured out and could see what the issues were and, and have problems mapped out. There was a lot of pride for the entire team who didn't even go through the Six Sigma training to fixing those issues and putting new processes in place that they could just see everything so clearly. Um, whereas everything had just felt like a big 
insolvable, not of a problem. And that sounds very cool because you guys were in the room, you owned it, you had to get out of the room, like you had to like solve it. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I'm a big like Six Sigma user. I think that you know, like, um, you know, Demaic and the way that they go about it, um, you know, is is like super helpful. I think too is that we got to get off of the problems that are plaguing us daily, right, Carly? And really set up for the future. Because if you're only living in like today's issue, you're you're not gonna, you know, move forward. You know, what are some of the suggestions that you've got from your experience for clients and agencies to really be future ready, future proof? Well, I think what you just said is like the absolute number one thing is a change of a mindset from everything being reactive. If so biggest suggestion, try to reduce how much of your day is reactive by just 10%. So you could put that 10% of your time into being proactive and you'll see a change right away. Um, I think that also to be future ready, you know, we talked about this when I think it was number three (laughs) about how transparency is about sharing of information and Often we see client agency relationships where clients are sharing on a need to know basis. I think it is so important for clients to share not only what they need from the agency this year, but future plans so that agencies could start um, strategizing for them and maybe begin to build some tools or processes that are going to get the clients future ready. I get it. Clients and agencies sometimes don't want to invest time past what their contract is. But then it's the same mistakes keep being made where a new uh, problem or solution is coming up and, oh, we we should have, it's going to take us 18 months for that tool to build. Well, start ahead, think ahead, be proactive. You know, another thing to do to be future ready is to test and learn, try new things on small scale, learn for them so you know how they're going to help you later. And, you know, I don't think anybody could have ever predicted or been ready for COVID and how it's affected business. But there are so many other things that do happen more often than a pandemic that you can have contingency plans for. You know, there are certain things that happen. I I use this example all the time. I used to work on a um, couple of brands that relied on soybean oil, okay? Believe it or not, a lot of things rely on soybean oil, not just foods. And every few years that crop gets, gets affected by weather. Well, have some contingency plan. and what ends up happening. So what it ha- ended up happening when I planned for these couple of brands, the money, the marketing budgets got cut to pay for soybean oil, <laughs> right? Because the higher price of it. So like, have contingency plans for the things that you know on periodically or irregularly, whatever affect budget cuts or. We know we've seen it happen where there's an influx of money, new new money comes in have plans for should a budget increase or decrease. I know that sounds so obvious, but not a lot of the clients that I've worked with have that. And that's why it becomes a scramble reactive kind of thing that could have been something that there is a plan in place for. And that's what I mean by 
having some proactive strategy sessions. What do you guys think? You have anything else to add about being future ready? Yeah, you know, I I agree with you being having some of those contingency plans. It reminded me there was a client we worked with for a long time that anytime you would ask them to do something around fourth quarter, they absolutely could not because all of the sudden, every fourth quarter, they are giving the agency a ton of money that the agency is scrambling to plan and buy. It's like, Right, like you did last year and the year before and the year before that, and you're going to do next year and the year after that. And okay, cool. (laughs) That's my point. I think so many things are, they're just people by nature in this business are reactive. Mm -hmm. And, And if you just take a look at, okay, do an analysis of your day. I would give this recommendation to every human being out there. Do an analysis of your day. How many hours were put towards reacting to things and how many hours were put towards planning for the future. And if you're going to, I guarantee you'll see too much was being reactive, reduce that just a little bit and it will pay forward. Sounds like a great idea. You should use that on the kids too. I mean, like, <laughs> like children or new students or I had yeah. a super, super idea. I think I'm going to like adopt that and try that. Thanks. That's a great idea, Carly. Well, Living in the moment is great, right? Yes. In the moment is great. And I think that we hear a lot about that in the media to like chill out and live in the moment and don't like worry about the future. But we're not talking about worrying. We're nope. talking about planning and being planning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Being prepared. So maybe the agency world needs more project managers um, than they currently have or something like that. I, I, I think uh, for sure. Absolutely. <laughs> well, this wrapped up. Our fifth of five, because <laughs> that's what fifth means, um, of our keys to maintaining at successful and strong partnerships. Um, we really think that every single one of the things we have recommended and talked about on these last five podcasts are things that could be small changes, that they don't need to be formal. They can be simplified and on the go and and implemented immediately and we really believe that they will have uh, they will yield some great return so we thank our listeners for spending this time with us and if you uh, missed any of them we recommend you listen to our podcasts and we invite you to reach out to any one of us if you want to talk about any of them or comment um, cause we, we really feel really strongly about, about these, um, these recommendations. So signing off for media plus advisors. Um, thank you for joining the plus up podcast. <laughs>